Welcome into the Daily Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Trip, joined as always by my fellow host, Evan. Special guest in the building today, Ben Steiner at Ben Steiner on Twitter. Ben, initial thoughts from last night's Wolves box score thoughts, some highlights. What, what, what's your first thought? I know we didn't go against the A squad with the Lakers, but, but what was your, your initial takeaway? First of all, Evan, a trip. Right. <laughs> the Steiner. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Good job. Um, is uh, no, it was it was awesome to see that uh, they've come out in the preseason, you know, in, in these first two games, and, and they look they're looking like they want to win. You know what I mean? Like it's like I like it. You can tell there's a lot of camaraderie, like in the, the back end of the bench, like McLaughlin, Prince. They're they're all playing like it's you know, not a regular season game, but you know what I'm saying? Like they, like you they went out there yeah. to win the game. Yeah, no doubt. They looked like they were they were putting in a lot of effort last night. Like the the guys. They, they show they want to play. There's a, such an urgency on the Timberwolves team that I see, and I really like that. You can tell, like, every guy's playing as if they don't have a guaranteed spot. Like, if you're not in the starting lineup, you might not be getting consistent minutes because they all look around and they see all these pieces the Timberwolves have brought in. So I loved exactly what you brought up. They look like they're, they're out there to, to earn a spot on this team. That, that's a great that's a great point um, about about the plan for a spot because I'm looking at like I mean Nathan Knight had 11 points in 10 minutes I mean yep. so I mean stuff like that I mean you, you go down the list of guys they're playing you, you said it beautifully it's it's like you can tell that the roster is very cohesive you know you saw that photo where they were all I think it was it was it at Finch's house where were they during training camp they're all at somebody's house um, you can just tell there's a lot of like chemistry off the floor. Yeah, I, I, I mean, preseason is the time to harp on this. I mean, I, I hope I'm not talking about the back of the bench too much this year because that probably <laughs> means injuries and or people playing poorly. But, I mean, Ben, I guess from an outside perspective, just as, as a, you know, as an NBA aficionado, not just a, a Wolves guy, so to speak. I mean, when you look at, you know, spot one to 15, is there many teams deeper than the Wolves? No, I don't, I don't think so at all. I think that's that's why I love – what they have done over the offseason. I mean, you already had guys like Nas Reed and Torian Prince. Those are kind of underrated guys that a lot of, like, the national people um, didn't talk about. Jared Vanderbilt, they traded him, but he was he was one of those guys, too, like, stuff like that. But then they go down, they get Austin Rivers. He's a guy you know. He could explode for 25 any night. He really could off the bench if he gets hot. Um, you've got guys like um, like the rookie Wendell Moore. Um, and then I love, I love, you know, we all – People that follow the Timberwolves, who, who do you think I'm going to say? Noel. Nobody talks about Noel enough. Um, he's going to be – I think he could really play a really good role off the bench this year. And then another guy I like is um, – I can't believe they got Pasco on a two-way. That's got to be the best two-way contract in the NBA. Uh, yeah, I, I was shocked. I mean, I don't even know – I almost forgot he was a free agent when they signed him. I, I was like, wait a second. I thought he was under contract. So – I mean, I don't, I don't see a way. That, I don't even know what his, but, but I mean, to the conversation earlier. I mean, that's a guy that any given night he might get ten or fifteen or minutes, and then next night might not play, right? So it just speaks to the depth. But you touched on Jalen Noel. I think it's an important conversation to have every podcast we do until he proves us wrong. But I mean, I, I have reason to believe that he's going to be a guy that's going to walk himself into a massive contract next summer. It's, yeah, somebody who, who who also played good along with Jalen Dewell is Bryn Forbes. I know I'm kind of interrupting you guys, but I I, I wonder if, if Bryn Forbes takes some of, you know, playing time again, away from Noel, or, you know, if Austin Rivers is playing good, does he take time away from Jalen Dewell? 
in that little bit I watched last night, I actually saw him hit the pull-up three, uh, Forbes. And I was thinking, like, damn, they've got guys. I mean, like, you go down this list, I mean, just as you guys are alluding to perfectly, I mean, the playing time is going to be really interesting how Finch wants to run the rotations. Because, I mean, you only really want to play, what, nine guys? Typically nine, ten guys. So it's like there's going to be a lot of guys that aren't going to play. So is that it can it can go both ways. The good way is like the competitiveness. Hey, like every time we come in here, we're, we got we got to bust our butts. But the bad way is obviously the guys get disgruntled if they don't play. But the way they've looked so far, I don't I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think it's just going to be you got to earn your spot. I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that 100. percent I think it's going to be it's just a situation that we're so not used to as Wolves fans of being like, man. Who's going to get the 15th spot on the team? Like before it didn't, you know, it was more like who's going to get the 10th spot on the team. So um, meaning like it was just a jumble of guys. Whereas now you're like, shit, it's going to be tough to cut some of these guys Um, or, you know, get them on a two way or whatever. But it's just an interesting spot that they're in. Um, Yeah. It's, they look, they look, they look great. Evan, what do you got? Um, So Ben, I I think, and Trip, I think a dark horse candidate to earn the 15th roster spot for the Timberwolves this year that nobody's talking about is P.J. Dozier, a guy that they brought in. He hasn't played yet in the preseason, but I, I think they love him. He was big for the Denver Nuggets. Obviously, the connection with Tim Conley, the connections with playing with guys in the past uh, who, who the Timberwolves brought in. And I just think that P.J. Dozier – is somebody he's coming off the ACL tear, but like he was a big part of of the Denver Nuggets. And after that playoff series, after he got, I mean, he was hurt what six months prior to the playoff series, and then you got the MVP uh, Nikola talking about how they missed him out there and how he was like they really uh, missed his presence. So he's a big part of what the Nuggets used to do. And, and I think that PJ Dozier is a guy who could come in and really earn that spot, snag it kind of out of nowhere. But he's just somebody that. I, I don't think they brought in for just no reason. I think that that's, that's a good point is, is people aren't, you know, that's one of those guys that like, it's again, you got to really follow the nuggets to know a lot about PJ Dozier. As you just illustrated perfectly, he, he comes from, you know, the guy that the guy that, you know, had him in the nuggets before Conley and he could, I want to see him play in the preseason. That's kind of my question mark. Yeah. Um, is like, is is this like a, you know, I don't know what it's going to turn into, or maybe they bring him to the G League. I don't, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't make the team, and then we bring him up later on. Like I don't know what their their plan there is, but kind of just not to take away from Dozier, it's going off what you just said about kind of guy who could sneak in. Is I really like Garza. Garza was damn good right. in college for Iowa, and like last night he had ten points. He's one of those guys that can shoot, and so that fits in with kind of like what they're trying to do with a heavy offensive load and like. If he made the roster, I don't think he'd play much. But I, Luca Garza is a guy I just would keep an eye on. Just as you said about Dozier, I feel the same way. But Garza is not a guy I would keep an eye on as well. I and I was going to ask you about him. It's funny enough. I was thinking about that this morning a little bit when I was having my coffee. It was like I was rewatching the game and and the second half when Garza was really playing. And and I'm kind of thinking to myself, man, like I understand nitpicking a guy in the starting five or a key rotational piece. But when you're talking about the 15th man on a bench, like. I, they're not going to have all the traits like, oh, good at defense, good, you know, good shooter, good everything. They're not going to have everything, right? And I understand the knock on him is he doesn't really uh, – I don't know that he doesn't play defense. I just don't know that he's quick enough to be a good defender. Um, with that being said, I mean, when you're talking about the 15th player on your roster, you can't expect a, a, a perfect player. So um, he's got offensive talent. I mean, he was the, the college player of the year in 2021. You know, I mean, he can shoot. 
he can stretch the floor. So to me, I, I look for him to make the team. I, I don't think he's going to play like you said, Ben, but um, he's a guy that, again, when you're, when you're talking about the 15th man, you're not going to get a complete player. You're looking for something, some trait, and he certainly has that on the offensive side. Doesn't doesn't he just fit what Finch does too? I mean, he just seems like a guy that Finch would like. I mean, just like from an offensive standpoint. I mean, I remember when Mo, you know, when when they were like struggling to shoot the ball. I think earlier in the year, like last year, I don't even think Finch really cared. He just kind of like, I mean, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I just he just is one of those guys. He just shoot the ball. Like he doesn't, you know, that seems like a Finch guy. Like Garza seems like a guy to come in, let him shoot five threes if he comes into the game. You know what I mean? Like he just a guy that would fit in. Do you think um, – I agree. I, I, I do think he'll make the team, but there is also that element of P.J. Dozier where even if he doesn't play the influence of Tim Conley who drafted him, is, is it enough to say, hey, trust me, I've seen enough of him in Denver. When he's healthy and ready to go, he's good enough to be on this team. That's that's the only conundrum I see there. Um, but with that being said, a lot of bigs, Gobert, Cat. I mean, like we're talking bigs here, back of the bench, Nathan Knight's a big, Luca Garza. What do you what do you make of just the Nas Reed situation? Undrafted out of LSU, obviously former McDonald's All American, five star, uh, has proven himself in the NBA. Right, undrafted to getting a four year extension previously, a couple years back, uh, or a, I'm sorry, a four year deal um, out of great deal undrafted. for the Wolves. Great deal yeah. for the Wolves. <laughs> yeah, great, great, great young player, shooter. Uh, obviously, needs to be a better re- rebounder. But is that a guy you look to trade, or what do you do there? Yeah, it's, it's actually really funny. I remember him very vividly at LSU, and I also interviewed him before he – I got to dig up those quotes sometime. I interviewed him when he worked out for the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Um, he was – you know, they you know they bring in like 50 college guys over a few months, and he was one of the guys they brought in. And I remember talking to him. Like, I remember – I there's like a video I posted, and I was like, this dude is like a modern-day big man. Like, he can shoot. Like, yeah. I know he's not the fastest, but he can really shoot the ball. And it's like – I can't believe that they got him on draft. Like, you know, you I can't believe he wasn't at least like the 38th pick. You know what I mean? Like he's a solid player. Yeah. He's a, he's a really good player. Um, especially for that contract. Like you said, it started off. I, I can't believe props to Gerson Rosas. We'll give him some credit there. I mean, he really formed a good roster here. Um, but I'm just curious if, if Nas Reed ends up getting moved at some point here, even maybe before the season starts or, you know, early in the year, because if you have, if you're that high on Luca Garza, or if you're that high on a guy like Nathan Knight and you have another big making the roster, I don't know if there's room for that many big men. And I feel like Nas Reed has some kind of, you know, trade out there for the Timberwolves. Is there something in my in, in, in my was there anything about Nas Reed? Because this interesting that you guys are mentioning about maybe moving him. Is there anything? Is that just your own opinion, or was there anything that came out? Like maybe yeah, I, 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 Evan and I have toyed with it. Just the conversation. I love Nas Reed. I think he's a he's an I don't want to say elite, but he's a he's a uh, very good shooter for his size. Yeah, like you said, yeah. man, he's not quick. Um, he really struggles to rebound the basketball. But like again, he's uh, for for what he is, like this is a guy that. Is that he could be a, a you know, an important bench piece for anybody, especially if, if you're struggling offensively, you throw him in at, as a big, uh, you know, with the second unit, and he could he could walk in and, and get you, uh, you know, two or three quick quick three balls. Um, exactly. So, exactly. It, I just think, and I don't know that it's going to happen. Maybe Evan, you you have a different opinion, but it's just one of those things. You trade for Go Bear, you're kind of committing to the big lineup where you've got Rudy, you've got Carl, you've got Nathan Knight. Um, I mean, Luca Garza, I think he's a back of the roster guy, so I don't necessarily count that. It's just one of those things where 
I don't know that it's going to happen, but I guess it, it, when you bring in a Gobert type and, and Finch has said that, you know, one of those two guys is probably going to be on the floor at all times. I'm pretty sure he said that unless I'm misquoting him, but um, so it just kind of leaves room to wonder, like, could you get away with trading him? I, I don't necessarily think I would or agree with, with the, with the idea of it, but it is, it's, 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 it's a conversation that, you know, is worth at least having, I think. Yeah, I, I, I see what where you guys are going with that, and, like, you're not off base at all. What I think, though, is with the contract that he has, I don't think you move that because yeah. his, you know, in the modern-day NBA, it's, it, you're going to laugh, his production's worth $7 million a year. I mean, I you know what I mean? So I don't think you move a guy. I don't think he'd ever get moved on that contract. I think it'd be more like, you know, when the time comes up, are we going to pay him or are we going to, you know what I mean? I think that's yeah. it. I don't think you move a guy. What is he making? One or two million? I don't yeah, think it's less than two. It's less. So than you two. don't move a guy on that kind of contract with what he's going to be able to give you. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's team control for another year or two. Um, from what he's I a know, great contract by Rosas. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, he was. Yeah, he deserves a ton of credit. Um, but Tim Conley's made some nice moves already. Obviously. Um, with that being said, uh, one thing I have to ask you because. Um, anyone in Minnesota that follows me on Twitter uh, knows this uh, for good or for bad. Uh, and, I, and I appreciate that you have this natu- national opinion as well. You're kind of my saving grace from out because they just say I'm biased. But and I can just reference you on Twitter, of course. But uh, D'Lo, that's my yeah. guy. I'm a yeah. D'Lo guy through and through. I love what he brings to the floor offensively. I think he showed some willingness defensively. I think there's enough prowess there to. Is he ever going to be a great defender? No. Is he ever going to be a good one? Probably not. Don't need him to be. You got Rudy Gobert now. So um, I, I just think the the pick and roll, pick and pop with him and Rudy is going to be lethal. Cat's going to be open in three. Uh, you know better than anyone, D'Lo can give you 50 any given night. Probably not going to need him to very often with Anthony Edwards and the rest of the crew. But I think now that you bring in Rudy Gobert, I think he is going to have a career year, similar like he did in Brooklyn when he carried that team to the playoffs. Uh, a lot of a lot of that was him and Jared Allen really meshing together. Well, guess what? Rudy Gobert is a better version of that, um, in my opinion. And I want to lock him up long term. It's it's I I mean I absolutely obviously agree. It's what I think is so interesting about D'Lo's game is the kind of perspective that people think. Like I'm not not saying you guys. I'm just saying like kind of just if we talk about D'Angelo Russell or something. It's he's a really like he's a basketball player. I mean, he play he could play shooting guard, he could play point guard, whatever. But he's such a good passer that everybody likes to talk about his scoring. I'm not that interested. I, I think at the end of the game, that you want it in his hands. I think he can make a lot of plays down the stretch. The numbers back it up. He's a clutch guy. But his like attribute to the game of basketball is this high level IQ that makes the right play. He knows when to drive. He knows when to shoot. He knows when to pass. I mean, I, there's I want to look up from last year. Two things. I mean, I wish there was a way to look this up. You guys tell me if I can. Is one missed assist. So, like, you know, he made the pet great pass. The guy misses the play, you know, misses the dunk or misses the three-pointer or whatever. So that I think that he's because cause he definitely would have higher assists. And then two is the hockey assist. He makes the right play a, like like almost every time. I he's such a not selfish player. That it's just it baffles me that everybody wants to talk about scoring with him. If you just give him the ball, that's why I keep tweeting that thing about give him the ball. I'm not saying that don't don't let Anthony Edwards go for you know 30 points or go you know like like Cat do his thing. I just mean let D'Lo run the offense. He'll make the right play. I don't trust Ant or Cat to make the right play. I don't mean that a knock way. I mean they're scorers. 
D'Lo is a, is a floor general. Let him run the offense. I agree. And I, I almost find it as a compliment when people think of him as a scorer because the reason they do that is, as you kind of alluded to, is he's clutch. If there's less than 20 seconds left in the game and the play clock is, you know, the, is turned off, you better believe he's taking the shot. And more times than not, people are used to him making that shot from his days and where anywhere, Brooklyn. It doesn't matter. Every team he's played for, he's, he's done that. So um, I almost take it as a compliment. But one thing that I think um, I really do believe the Wolves are going to be obviously on a lot more people's radar this year than, than traditionally. Um, obviously, with the addition of Gobert, Anthony Edwards taking another leap. Cat is who he is. D'Lo's great. Um, all very good players. But, but, but obviously the go bear trade, I think more people are going to probably tune into the Tim rules than they would. But, but, but to your point, my question to your point with, with the passing for those that don't watch the Timberwolves, like you said, they don't know that D'Lo is such a good distributor. How, I mean, realistically, what are there one or two better combo guards, whether you want to call it a point guard or shooting guard that are a better passer in the NBA than D'Lo there there's, I probably can't count on one hand. You're exactly. If you go, if you look at just a pick and roll offense, like just carving out the pick and roll, you know, Chris Paul's, you know, nobody can question Chris Paul at that. Trey Young's very good in the pick and roll. Um, and there's some other guys too, like, but, but you look at the Stephs, the Hardens, the, you know, there's scores too. So it's hard to like calculate that. You're, you're totally right. It's like, if I, you just want a floor general, D'Lo is not looking to go get 40 every night. He's just looking to make the right play. And so I just, that, that's why I think his game gets misunderstood. And I just hope that – I just really hope that it doesn't – like the ball is not in – I don't mean this as a knock towards Ant and Cat. I mean it as they will be put in a better position if the ball is in their hands less. Yeah. They'll make the play if D'Lo gives it to them. Is, yes, I, and I, exactly. I, I, agree with, I agree with where you're going there. Uh, Evan, you know, I'm, I'm working to convert our, our buddy Evan here to us. <laughs> Let's hear it, Evan. Let's hear it, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I was enjoying that more than than you boys know over over here. I'm just nodding my head, getting pumped. You know, that I love the D'Angelo Russell hype. I, I wanted to bring up this too about D'Angelo Russell because I wanted to hear both your opinions. Last year, D'Angelo Russell, uh, I think a big leap on the defensive end where D'Angelo Russell wasn't a liability out there. He he pretty much leaps to an average defender, and that was a big key in the Timberwolves defense last year in the new system that Chris Finch put in. Uh, I think that really helped D'Angelo uh, being aggressive and staying up there. He's got those long arms. We know he's a big guard. And so I, I noticed every game he seemed like he was getting steals or, or uh, you know, disrupting them somehow. And so I just think D'Angelo Russell is going to keep improving this year on his defense. How do you think that changed his game? And I just want to hear your boys, uh, the opinions on the defense. Uh, I want to answer this because I, Ben, I think I would love to hear your opinion on no, the question with my opinion as well is this. I think when you have Rudy Gobert, obviously it's, this is a common sense statement, but I'm trying to dive a little deeper than the common sense part. When you have Rudy Gobert, everyone's going to be a better defender. With that being said, nobody on planet Earth at the top of the key is choosing option A to drive to the basket if Rudy Gobert is in the paint. Therefore, you're not pushing and bringing D'Lo with you as the defender into the paint, forcing him to make a contested play as a defender. So he's going to be playing defense a lot at the top of the key, and it's going to, I truly think that's what's going to make him a better defender. It's, it's, it's the way you guys said it, like, is perfect. I mean, there's not even much to add to that. It's, it's, he's, he played much better defense last year. I think the only thing I can add to that is, is because um, I don't get too, I don't get too caught up in, when, when a guard is an elite offensive player 
as long as they're serviceable on defense, I don't get too caught up in it. Because how? What are you? Are you is, is anyone really going to sit here and tell me that Steph Curry's this amazing defender and Harden's this amazing defender? You know what I mean? Like people get so caught up in like Trey can't defend anybody, D'Angelo can't defend anybody, Steph can't defend anybody. At what point does it like? You know what I mean? Like you're serviceable if you're on the floor defense, but 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 at the same time, you guys are totally correct. He played a lot better defense last year, and I think where I was going with that, I didn't mean to preface all that was was the leadership. I think it got lost in the playoffs because everybody got so caught up. They lost in six. D'Lo didn't have a great series, but his leadership is why they went 46 and 36. They don't. I mean, their record when he played versus when he didn't play. I mean, it was laughable. I mean, they were 21 and eight with him at home. Whenever they, you know, when they when he played at home last year, they were 21 and eight. I mean, that's pretty good. It's a yeah. great point. Uh, dude, D'Angelo, he, he was the quarterback of the Minnesota Timberwolves last year, and that's overlooked because everyone from the national perspective and everybody, a lot of people locally think that D'Angelo Russell, um, you know, he wasn't as big of a leader as he was. A lot of people just automatically turn to Patrick Beverly. You know, Patrick Beverly's the one that did all this. Patrick Beverly's this and that. And Patrick Beverly did a lot, and we love him for that. We probably always will in Minnesota. But the, the second guy in command, the guy who's always – talking the guy who's on the sidelines chirping all the time directing plays directing the traffic when he's out there on the court yelling things out on defense helping guys understand things that's overlooked a lot of the time and D'Angelo Russell was the guy out there doing that really making the Timberwolves come together cohesively and that was a big part how they played on the floor so I think just having him like you said Ben just a guy out there who can really be the quarterback and really help it's it's going to be amazing for the Timberwolves. And then imagining that with, with Rudy Gobert, I mean, him and Rudy Gobert just talking to each other on the court, it, it's going to be extremely amazing if you're a Timberwolves fan. Speaking of speaking of Gobert, uh, it's important to ask this to Ben because, you know, a national guy. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of national, uh, you know, I don't know if the hatred is the word, but uh, – they didn't love the acquisition of Gobert because of, you know, on paper, they gave up a bunch of players, all good players, no disrespect, loved Vanderbilt, probably one of my favorite Timberwolves in recent memory, Pat Bev critical, but in reality, they gave up some players that are role players and some picks for one of the best defensive players of all time. Uh, but, but with that being said, honest opinion, unbiased, what did you think of the Gobert acquisition? I mean, everyone, the simple answer is, they could have just got Kevin Durant for that. Okay. Uh, first of all, doubt he would ever have come to Minnesota. Secondly, uh, injured and maybe not a, a great locker room fit. So just curious. Uh, I mean, honest opinion on, on the Gobert acquisition. Yeah, Who won yeah, that yeah. trade? Well, thank you for asking. Is, uh, first of all, I appreciate the, the you know, because I do, I do cover all 30 teams technically. But, I mean, I, I, mean, I really, I mean, the team, I mean, pretty obvious i mean i follow the timberwolves and hawks the closest so i mean i i mean the timberwolves i'm well aware of you know like what's going on with them um and I, the rudy gobert show was great i think that was an incredible trade i i don't i don't i don't see any hate towards it. i don't get it i don't understand the hate it's like um i understand some of the draft picks angle but it's not like let's put it this way they've got assets if they ever let's let's say you know worst case scenario ever happened right knock on wood some just just it wasn't it didn't work out whatever the case may be right well, you've got plenty of assets. You, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't think Cat can fetch back some draft picks. You know what I mean? You don't think that Jaden yeah. McDaniels can, can fetch back some draft picks. Um, so I, I don't care about the draft picks. Um, I think it was a great trade because here, here's why I like it. Gilbert, whatever people want to say, I don't know where all this like hate comes from. He's a winning player. He's a darn winning player. Like he, 
he wins like when he's on the floor, they the Jazz win games. It's, that, it's really that simple. And Donovan Mitchell, I like Donovan Mitchell a lot. I actually thought the Hawks even should have traded for him. I really like Donovan Mitchell, but he's not a true point guard. And so look at what Gobert did with Mitchell, and now he's got D'Lo to run that with. I, I just think that Gobert complements every missing hold that was on this team. Gobert fills the hole. Yeah, yeah, they had, they had trouble in the playoffs last year because they could not defend the paint against John Morant. They could not rebound the ball. That was and all season they couldn't rebound the ball. And and, and now you're taking the the weaknesses of the Timberwolves and you're turning them into strengths. Bingo. Best, one of the best rebounders, if not the best, and you're getting the best uh, interior defender in the paint in probably Rudy Gobert. Uh, yes, there's Giannis, you could argue, but I, I think Rudy Gobert is up there. And so now pairing that with Carl Anthony Towns, taking that pressure off Carl, and, and I've preached it just from being a Wolves fan, and me and Tripp have talked about it a lot in our podcast, Ben, but I've always felt that Carl Anthony Towns was truly a power forward and that if they ever moved him to a power forward spot and they got a defensive center, that he would just take off and have an MVP caliber year. I totally agree with that statement. That that's 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 exactly it. Carl Anthony Towns is a scoring forward. He's a finesse player. He's not he's not a dominant center. You know what I mean? So that's a bit of exactly true. And I was just smiling when you were talking about the um, Gobert with the rebounding and filling in all the holes and everything. It's like they beat the Grizzlies in five games with they had Gobert last year. I don't think that's a crazy statement. Because right? no. a lot of the things that they got screwed on was the second chance threes, the rebounds. They couldn't stop running the paint, like you said. Go that. No way is Jaron Jackson and Adams getting all these rebounds if Gobert's there. No, absolutely not a chance. Um, they win that series in five games if they have Gobert. It's my favorite yeah. part is is the the old saying of like, well, how are you going to compete with the small ball lineup? They're gonna they'll just match you up small and and kick one of them off the floor. Well, why isn't the opposite being said? Why can't we go big and force you to go big? That, that's that that's. Excellent point. It's it's exact. How do you guard if you're going small, right? If your biggest man on the floor is Draymond Green, how in the hell, excuse my language, are you going to guard Towns and go better? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, you're 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 exactly true. Maybe you get cooked a few times on offense, but I mean, gosh, if you, if you're running a pick and roll and you've got Gobert sitting the pick on, let's say Draymond Green, and he rolls, and then you got Cat. Who on earth is guarding Cat in this scenario or Gobert? Whatever the you know, you could flip flop whoever, but you get the point. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy, man. And then you have Jaden McDaniels, and then you have Kyle Anderson. I mean, the length and the height on this team is 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 incredible. This might be the – I don't know if it is, but it probably is the biggest team in the NBA going into, into next year. I would hope. I would hope. <laughs> what do you guys think, just to ask you a question, if that's okay, what, what, what is your both opinion? I'm very curious on Carl Anthony Towns. I love him. I've always loved him. I think uh, – look, I think – um, you know, the foul thing is, is a major issue. I don't, I, but it's not, I, I, it's like, you can usually attribute, you know, fouling to undersized or doesn't care, or it's really just his, his mental like attitude. Like if he can just settle in, um, he's going to be fine. So I, I've always loved, I mean, I just think you listen when you, when you're talking about a guy who's a top you know 30 player in the league, um, I'd say much closer to 20 or 15. But I'm just being conservative here. Um, he's got everything you want. Obviously, defensively needs to get better. Uh, his fouls have to get better. 
Gobert will make that better. Gobert, McDaniels together will help him with that. But if he can eliminate the foul trouble and, and keep an even keel attitude, I mean, you're talking about the greatest three-point shooting center in NBA history. Yeah, I, I think I think Taro, I think the world of him as well. I think, like I talked about earlier, I think adding a center and putting it next to Gobert is going to put him at an MVP caliber level. I think Carl Anthony Towns is going to be in that conversation. I don't think he's going to win it, but I think Carl's going to have a monster year. I think he's going to average 27, 28 points a game this year and and really take the NBA by storm, and he's going to make a statement in the playoffs. So taking both what you just said, right? So you're two big Carl Anthony Towns fans. I, I have a question for you. Is this is this a knock on him? Because I, I feel to say offensively as a talent, even defensively, he's actually pretty solid. Um, I think he's an outstanding individual player. But I have this theory on certain players. Like I think a guy's a Batman, a guy's a Robin. I put Towns in that Robin scenario. I think he could be the greatest Robin ever. <laughs> because, but I just don't want like, – like I think that – D'Lo and Ant have that more like Batman, like like remember when everyone was was celebrating the big like play in tournament win, right? And everyone was making fun of them for that. D'Lo was at the microphone saying we're we're where we're supposed to be. You know what I mean? Everyone else is celebrating, and D'Lo's like where we're supposed to be. You know, you need certain guys to kind of be your like vocal leader, and I think that Cat needs to be just like you said when he locks in, he's unstoppable. I don't think he needs to be their vocal leader. Is that a dig at him? I mean, we're, I'm I'm asking you guys, what do you think? No. Like, what do you guys uh, think? I agree. I look, I, it's such a weird thing where people in, in sports today, it's like, you got to be the alpha. If you're the, if you're the most talented player or what, it's like, why though? He does if he could just, I think having Anthony Edwards take another step is the best thing that could happen to Carl Anthony Townsend. I agree with that. Um, you know, and people would say, Oh, well, Anthony Edwards is going to be better than him. Yeah. That's a, probably a good thing. Um, you know, if, if Ant or D'Lo or Rudy can take on that vocal leadership role, you don't want to, be something you're not at work, you know, from a, from a, whether you're a manager at anything you do, whatever you do for, for, for work, you don't, don't be the leader. If you're not the leader, just do go about what you're good at. And I think um, when he tried to kind of put that on his shoulders, which I respect the effort in trying to do so, it definitely hurt his game. Um, but I think, I, I think hundred percent, I agree with what you said. If you can take that out of him and just let him be cat and play his brand, let Ant do the funny interviews, let, you know, Rudy be the serious guy when, when, when things need to be said or D for that matter. Um, and, and, and just, just be the, be the best Robin, like you said, be one of the best Robin. Exactly. What's wrong exactly. with that? And if, if let's say, okay, we, you said trip that the best thing for Conley town is Anthony Edwards taking another step what is anthony edwards ceiling then to you from an outside perspective i i just want to hear that uh, anthony edwards ceiling i think i mean i think you're looking at you know i think the ceilings i think it's the best shooting guard in the nba but i need to see my so like i, I hate to like uh, be pick you know be critical or not because i i think i think the world anthony edwards, i think he's the the perfect guy to be an all-star shooting guard i think at first i was like why did they draft Lamelo? but i'm like a few games in i'm like holy crap Gerson Rosas did it again. Anthony Edwards was a great pick. Um, it, it, he's he's phenomenal. My only issue with him right now is I didn't see anyone talking about this, but in the playoffs, I hated his shot selection. I just despised it. His shot selection was just not there. Like you know, what I mean? he was just taking way too many shots. He's so, he could be so efficient. Like I have a big thing. I like efficiency. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't like seeing like 
10 shots in a row, just the, you know, just some, you know, those like fadeaway shots where just like, they're just not going to go in. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yes. And, and so that's what I want to see from him. If he's taking the smart shot and making the smart basketball play, because the talent's there. I think he's going to be an all-star this year. Like I'm saying all that critically up front, but I, I think he's going to make the all-star game this year. I agree. If he eliminates the bad shots, shot taking, I mean, it's, and I think you saw a progression of that. Like, but I understand where you're coming from with the playoffs. And again, I, I don't even think of it as a bad thing because I imagine being 20 years old, making your first playoff, you know, appearance. And Oh, by the way, you might take down the two seeds. I can understand maybe the, the juice, you know, the, the, the juices are flowing. Like your adrenaline's really high. You're just trying to do whatever you can. So maybe mentally um, everything speeds up a bit, uh, which is totally fine. Completely understand that. Um, but I'm with you. If you can figure out the shot selection consistently long-term, it's a complete game changer for, for not only the Timberwolves, but for Anthony Edwards individually. Um, so I, I think the world of him and, and I, I, I would, if he makes the all-star team, that that's a, that's a good sign for where they're heading. So I, and I'm with you. I, I, I remember the draft. I'm like, why didn't we take LaMelo? Like I was like kind of on the LaMelo train, but like you said, took, took a few weeks and I was like, okay, never mind. I get it. And for both of you, feel, feel free to disagree with any of my, takes here it's just it's just it's just what i've seen what i thought doesn't mean i'm right or wrong it's just i just have this theory it's like you know just let you know somebody that doesn't care about putting up big scoring numbers in d'lo let him run the offense and i just think that'll be i don't want to see a bunch of crazy shots and people going for 40 points every night because that's not what they need this team's loaded they don't need as we talked about they're so deep they don't need any of their star players to average more than 24 25 a game yep yep and and, and i agree i'm with you um the only hesitation i have with that, and I, I this isn't a knock on him. Um, it's just my own reservation that I have, which is probably just me being uh, a Timberwolves fan and expecting that things will not be as good as they should be. Uh, I'm nervous with D'Lo running the offense with all this star power around. Um, the only thing that makes me nervous is he's in a contract year. Does he try to do too much offensively to think he can up his paycheck? When in reality, even if he doesn't score average 20 a game, if he just is the elite facilitator, gets you 14 a game, but oh my God, is he efficient? His plus minus is through the roof. Uh, he's going to get paid, right? He's going to get paid again um, as he deserves to be. I just, I'm, I'm very nervous. Um, and I, and I'm the biggest D'Lo fan there is, Ben, other than you, but um, I, I'm just nervous that, he, yeah, you just, you know, it's contract here. I, I get nervous. Uh, that's a great, like, I mean, it's just, it's the NBA. That's a great observation. Like you're, you're totally there. I just, I think that they know that if, if like, cause okay. So like, let's say, you know, all these guys are averaging 20 something, but if he's getting 16 and 10 and they're winning 58 games, he's getting a hundred plus no matter what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Easy, easy there. I, I, I agree. And that's the best thing for him. It's the best thing for the team. You're going to get paid if you show that you can win, right? If you're if you're on a team that's going to win that many games, you're going to get paid. You don't need to think overthink this and, and go out there and get try to average 23, 24 points a game. And you're on a good team. You're probably going to go in the playoffs. You're probably going to go deeper into the playoffs than you have previously in your career. You're going to get more national media attention because of that. So I think D'Angelo's a really smart guy. I think he has a high IQ. And he knows that he's aware yes. of that. I'm sure. They've talked about that. Right. So I think he knows I'm not as worried trip as, as you are, because I think D'Angelo is going to go out there and, and really just understand, Hey, you know what? We've got to win a ton of games. I got to be efficient. I, I got to play average defense and I'll get paid. That exactly. 
it's it's as as he, and he does know that he 100 is aware of that he's a smart guy he's so very aware of that and if because think about it like this we were just talking about how he's the who's the quarterback of the team last year right well people in the nba who do this you know like their literal job is to scout you know who are we signing who are we you know what team are we whatever and if he's the point guard of a 57 win team and he has even respectable numbers in the NBA today, you kidding me how much that's going to, you know, how much he's going to get. So, I mean, it, it's, it's all about, I think this team, it's all about winning. I think it's all about winning. Yeah. And I certainly hope, uh, I, uh, I hope he gets paid because I love him, but I really hope it's the Minnesota Timberwolves who pay him. I do not want to see him walk out the door after next year. Um, unrestricted free agency is always a scary thing. Obviously he's good friends with Kat, the familiarity for a guy who's been moved for a, as talented as he has his circumstances, he's moved around more than I think he should have for the caliber of player he is. The only reason he's still not in Brooklyn was because of the KD thing. Otherwise, and Kyrie, obviously, he's still in Brooklyn probably because he earned another contract with them. Just circumstantially, it was a weird one. The, the, the Warriors never made sense. He found a home. So, I mean, to me, I would like to see him get paid. Uh, but, you know, and, 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 and for that to be in Minnesota. You want to know just a little tidbit? It's just funny you brought up the, uh, the Brooklyn and the KD. I was at his camp in Louisville um, over the summer. And so I was actually sitting there and I was the one who told him, Hey, you know, Durant just requested a trade. <laughs> so you'd find that funny. Um, cause, cause uh, it was all, we were, we were all sitting down at his camp and uh, it was right when the Woj stuff came out. So I thought that was funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. I'm sure he's back in his mind. He's probably, uh, I, I certainly understand. I, I love New York city more than anybody. So I can understand maybe the appeal of Brooklyn, but I've got to imagine he's looking back thinking, Man, I know that, that that those guys are still there, but yeah, you know, back of his mind, he's got to be thinking. You sure you wish you you traded me still? You know, because it's quite the the headache they're dealing with there in Brooklyn with everything going on. And even if they have a good year, God, who knows? Every summer's a whirlwind there with those two there. But um, how many wins do you guys? There. Oh, sorry, keep going. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say is how many wins do you? I mean, I'll leave both of you. I mean, I'm high. I mean, I say sixty wins. I mean, I really believe that. I, I really like. I'm not. That's not just me tweeting. Like, I really believe that this team is loaded. Well, um, we were going to end on that. Funny oh, enough. Oh, we my, my bad, him. my bad. We were going <laughs> to ask. No, no, no. It's all good. We like to ask the Evans big thing is the prediction thing. Uh, and he says, well, you know, what's your prediction for the team? You know, wins, seed, all that. I always like to, to back him up and preface it with, hey, if you're not comfortable sticking to a number and being held accountable by the aggregators of Twitter, yeah. just give us a ballpark. <laughs> Maybe a high ce- a ceiling. I like to do a ceiling and floor. I think the ceiling for this team is a championship. I think the floor is like five seed. Oh, you go. You please go. You go. Okay. Okay. So we've done this a few times now, and I am going to stay true to my my prediction and what I feel. I still, I think the Timberwolves are going to get the three seed. I think they're going to be three seed in the West. Um, I don't have an exact number on on the prediction, but I think they're going to be the three seed in the West. I love the team. I think the West is an absolute bloodbath. I think they're going to be a three seed. They're going to get that home court advantage. I think the Timberwolves are going to go deep into the second round and, and uh, they'll end up losing, but I think they'll go deep into the second round. What about you, Ben? That's, that's, that's an interesting prediction is deep in the, so it's like maybe go, go six or seven with one of the, like the Warriors or somebody like that. Um, but, but end up losing. Um, that, that's a, that's, that's an interesting one. I don't have my playoff prediction for them yet, but I, I'll, I'll you know, I'll go to what I think, but, Regular season, so you, hear me out. The Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant missed 20 games last year. I believe the number was. You can check that if you want. But I think it was 20 games. 
And the Grizzlies were the second seed in the Western Conference, okay? So you, you go down that list, right? Like the Suns, they're probably tired. They've had, you know, like maybe, maybe they'll come out and have another really good regular season, but they've, they've had two really good years. They're getting, you know, Chris Paul's not getting any younger, um, but they'll be up there. They'll be a top four seed, fine. The Warriors, they're just coming off a championship. They, you know, Draymond, what happened with him in pool? Like, not that that matters, but you, you get the point. It's like they don't, they're not concerned with the regular season. They're just not. So you look at all this. The Clippers are still feeling themselves out. You really think Kawhi is going to play more than 70 games or 60 games or whatever the number is? Um, even if he, I don't, I don't even know what his situation is. With Is he going to play on the first day of the regular season or what? But I, I think he is. Um, you look at all of these teams. In what world are Timberwolves not going to be if, if everything goes according to plan, the, at least the three or four seed? I, I think that they win 60 games. I, 60 on the dot. But um, I know that's a bold prediction. I just I look around and I'm like, that Grizzlies team wasn't this like elite team. The Timberwolves should have beat them in the first round. You guys both know that. They, sh- they had, like what three 20 lead point leads. Um, yeah. So I just look at them. I think the Timberwolves are a top two seed. That that's that's my prediction. I don't have a strong playoff prediction yet. I you know okay. the the, the uh, excitement in me would want to say conference finals, but I, I don't know yet. But yeah. 60, 60 wins in the regular season is my strong prediction. That's a hell of a prediction. That's uh, looking forward to that, Ben. I think I speak for everyone who's going to listen to this and say it's been a pleasure having you on, and we definitely need to get you back on soon. Ben Steiner on Twitter, Ben, S-T-I-N-A-R. Ben, where can people find your work? Yeah, so it's um, it's, it's a Twitter, as you mentioned, and then also um, a fast break on Fan Nation is um, is one of the web, is a website I run of all 30 teams. But like I said, uh, you know, on Twitter, I – Timberwolves and Hawks are the two teams I've covered the, you know, the closest. And I'm really, really high on Timberwolves. And it was great to talk to you guys. And I'd love to come on more. I see your account all the time. I, I know I send you things sometimes. And I, I love, you know, just talking Timberwolves. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Evan, was, any parting words? Yeah, we loved having you on, man. Uh, it's been great. I love watching your D'Angelo Russell takes always. We, we want someone that's always sticking up for us. So we love that stuff here in Minnesota. But uh you know, we'll wrap it up there. Hopefully we'll get another podcast up after some preseason games next week, if you're listening. But until then, um, thanks again. As always, go Wolves.